I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Team USA basketball rolls into the gold medal game. They're facing France. Team USA favored by 12 and a half points. Cowboys playing tonight, Hall of Fame game, but not Dak Prescott. He's injured again, cause for concern. Steelers in the game are bet up to two and a half. Check this out. The total, 31 and a half points expected. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on the NFL kickoff Hall of Fame game and 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. A.J. Hoffman, an expert in the NFL? Eh. Not to your level, of course. College basketball, you know your stuff. I'm pretty good. I mean, if it's Portland State against Sacramento State, there's no one one else I want. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which the NFL is back later on tonight, we've also got the U.S. men's Olympic basketball team in the gold medal game. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? So AJ is going to have a best bet in the game. That's going to be in our pick segment, which is always the last segment of the show, right around 645 or low after that, Eastern. I'm going to have at least one best bet there. I'm thinking of two, but at least one. In addition, it won't be on the Hall of Fame game, but I think we start with the bigger picture of Dallas and Pittsburgh, specifically Dak and Big Ben, neither playing. Yeah, neither of those guys are going to be playing tonight as announced by their teams. Ben Roethlisberger, that's a team decision. Dak Prescott still dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue, but it is the first NFL game of the season. It's just the preseason, but the Hall of Fame game is back. 8 Eastern time on Fox between the Steelers and Cowboys. And right now on pregame.com, it's Pittsburgh, who's a two and a half point favorite. And that's been bet up from Pickham. And as we said in the headlines, the total 31 and a half points. So let me think about this. 17-14 is 31. So it would slip under 17-14. That's not a lot of scoring. But Jonas, I found it interesting. You said a little bit of shoulder soreness. Are you... How believing are you of that this is only a little something? It's been, what, a week since he's thrown? Yeah, I think it's a little bit more than what they're leading on, especially when they make a comment that they're going to scale things back a little bit just to take extra precaution. To me, I I just wonder if there's a little bit more going on than, than they're trying to tell the media and the public. When the son of the deposed king of Nigeria emails you directly asking for help, you help. 
I mean, some people are believers, some aren't. <laughs> I'm a little skeptical. AJ, how skeptical are you that Dak has bigger problems than they're letting on? I, I'm very skeptical. I thought, even though we, we've seen fewer and fewer quarterbacks taking many snaps in the preseason, I would think that Dak coming off what he'd come off of and them saying how healthy he was, how healthy the well, leg well, was. Well, first off, he hasn't thrown for a week. So I, I don't think he would have played anyway, and maybe your point's valid there, but if he hasn't thrown for a week, he's not going to play in the game. Well, certainly not, but that's what I'm saying. I think the fact that he hasn't thrown for a week is pretty telling that, that something's maybe, I don't want to say seriously wrong, but it's certainly not a minor issue. It may be only minor, but I think it's maybe an indicator of more to come. Wouldn't you want him to get as many reps as possible? Not, I'm not talking about in the game. I'm talking about in practice. Off of what, based off what happened last year, you want to get as, as that guy oh, as well, much rust knocked say, off you as say possible. What happened? Okay, the rust knocked. Because here's the thing. In this, a couple people at the NFL level talked about this. You throw with your legs, right? A good thrower throws with his legs. Dak came in, not a first round pick, but he he could run. He had strong lower body for a quarterback. Now he's rehab. I think one thing that you got to be optimistic about his general health is he worked out and rehabilitated himself in the Cowboys facility almost exclusively. So when Dallas signed him to that long contract, they were able to observe up to that point his progress. So I think that the progress is probably what they expected. But that doesn't mean that his lower body maybe being a little weaker would lead to him putting a little more arm in his throws and lo and behold, arm soreness. And the question is, is that lower body going to get back to 100%? Not even the concern being the lower body, but the other effects that a weaker lower body would have in the arm specifically. I mean, think of Big Ben, the other quarterback here. One throw, not last season, but the season before. Oh, rupture tended. You know, I know it's not like Tommy John as much as, as pitchers, but Jonas, I mean, these quarterbacks, we think they're indestructible, but I, mean, I don't know indestructible. We don't think of their arms being the problem, but that worries me. I mean, how many, how many quarterbacks have sat out because of arm soreness? I mean, is it even five a year? Like, if you take the whole year from preseason to the Super Bowl, is there five starting quarterbacks that miss practice time, like a week of practice, let's say, like he has now, because of arm soreness? I don't no. think it's more than five. No, it's not. And when Mike McCarthy makes the comment that, you know, they're trying to avoid it becoming something bigger, that tells me that if that's even a possibility – that I just wonder how much we're even going to see of him in the preseason at all. And look, we saw Ben Roethlisberger undergo a major uh, elbow injury, elbow surgery, and come back last year. And, and I'm not saying this is going to get to that extent, but you know, to AJ's point, when Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott both say about a, a week and a half ago, we want to get reps in the preseason. We absolutely want to play in the preseason. And then here we are, your first opportunity to do so, and you can't make it out there. And it's not because of your previous injury. That to me is a little bit of cause for concern. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my gut feeling is he wouldn't have played this game anyway. And it, 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 but I agree with you guys. To me, the more telling uh, truth is that he wasn't practicing, right? So I could, if he would have practiced and not played the game, I could deal with it. The very fact, and I don't know if we got the rotation fully straight yet. I know it's uh, Mason Rudolph first quarter. 
I heard Haskins only second quarter. You heard second and third. Uh, McKenzie on a couple days vacation, stepping up. Next man up, as Tomlin would say. <laughs> Spencer, do we have that rotation yet? Yeah, so the expectations is Haskins will finish the first half and Dobbs will finish the game So throughout the entire second half. Okay, okay so RJ correct, AJ incorrect. incorrect. Yeah. Okay, thank keep you, that, Keep that tally. No, no, I mean, I do mentally <laughs> in my head. I'm not going to always like calculate it like that, but I'd say half the time, maybe. Okay. When I'm right. When you're right, you'll calculate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm RJ, he's AJ. This is Straight out of Vegas with Jonas in L.A. Yeah, we got to remember... Dallas and Pittsburgh are playing four preseason games. Everyone else plays three. So in a way, this was, is you know it used to be five for the Hall of Fame. I mean, Jonas McVeigh, the young blood seemed to be like don't even play their starters a snap. Uh, in general, it feels like the league is going in that direction, though I'm not saying McCarthy's like that and Tomlin isn't necessarily like that, though Big Ben, I'm not surprised at all that Big Ben's not playing. I, I just think in general, this year's preseason is going to be telling about how important the preseason is because a lot of people looked at last year and said, huh, the league, it didn't seem too affected by not having preseason games. What's your position? I like to bet the preseason. So I like it. As a fan, what's your position on the preseason? I absolutely love it. I, I love the preseason. Uh, that, that sounds dumb, but I, I just think there's something to being able to watch, you know, for on, a, on a couple of different levels. First of all, football's back, so everybody's excited about it. There's also a sort of a stress-free element to it, which, which I think is a little bit more of a relaxing watch. You get to see a lot of these players who are trying to make teams, make an impact, and get out there, and, and you get your first glimpse as to what these guys are going to look like, and how these players are going to play and sometimes in the case of Dak Prescott perfect example first preseason game he ever had was against the Rams at the Coliseum and he was phenomenal and there was the debate back and forth all right yeah but that does that translate into the into mm-hmm. the NFL regular season and it did so I, I I love the preseason I've always been a fan of it and I'm, I'm happy it's back so you're saying from your perch in national radio yeah and apparently you're doing like the mornings now, like almost <laughs> regularly. Like you're, you're, it's, it's like, I, I actually didn't know that. And they told me, I'm like, geez, he's not even complaining. Give the guy credit. <laughs> but from your perch of four hours of national radio day part in a, in a, a day. So let me do the math there. 20 hours a week. Um, you're saying that these guys who are either going to be selling used cars if they don't make the team or they're going to have an NFL career if they do, you're saying low pressure. Yeah, I mean, well, just from a fan, from from a watch standpoint, for those players, no, it's high pressure. But from a watch standpoint, unless you've got money on the game, and if you've got money on the game, no, you're going to be stressed you. out regardless. But like half these stadiums don't even paint their end zones. I mean, like like a lot but, of them but, are just mailing it in. But they 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 mail them the billing because if you're a season ticket holder, you have to buy these games. Yes, that's true. Yeah, But I do think, AJ, we should take just one more minute and think about Jonas, again, 20 hours of national radio at this point, <laughs> day part, a, a week, and he says, oh, low pressure. I'm already a multi-millionaire. I mean, listen, I respect it. I mean, listen, look, when you're the fill-in guy and you're doing weekend radio, everything seems like low pressure. Oh, look, I don't know. Hey, that, that old tale is starting to be old. <laughs> All right, let's look finally here at the history of the Hall of Fame game because with the total being 31 and a half. Now, what's the total if you don't bet? It's you add up the points. 
So 17, 14 is 31. That would go under. So here's the Hall of Fame games. And I'll just give you the scores. Don't worry. Well, I'll give you the total points. In 2019, 24 points. 2018, 33 points. 2017, 38 points. 2015, it was canceled in 16, field conditions, 17 points, 30 points in 14, 44 in 13. You want to read the last couple, Spencer? Too small on the screen. So in uh, 2012, the total was uh, 27. Mm -hmm. In 2011, there was a lockout year, so no game. 2010, there was a total of uh, 23. All right, that's good. Okay. So what we're saying here is, if you add it up, there's one game, 24-20 in 2013, that got over 40. No other game has gotten over 40. When we talk about the Hall of Fame game, and you said that they have to play an extra game when mm -hmm. you do that, you would think that would be the least intense game. Exactly. But well, the least amount of starters. I guess, I guess so, but I also think, like, when I think of intense games, like, the, a less intense game would mean more offense, a la the Pro Bowl seen, or something. But you've seen football before, right? Sure. Like, these guys don't know the plays. <laughs> I mean, like, fair. to some degree, and, and here's the thing, offensive line play, when you get to that second string, it's not like running backs, that third string back might be almost as good on some teams. Third, even a receiver might be. Quarterback play is a problem, and line play. And the thing is, they don't want to put their quarterbacks, if they're not, they, even if they wanted to play Big Ben, let's say, for whatever reason, they're never going to put Big Ben behind the second string line. And if the line's not ready to go, the quarterback's only going as long as the line's going. Sure. So to me, it goes to show you, and this is a macro point that, that applies to the NFL in general, less practice time, these linemen coming from college, and they're in spread offenses and not run blocking, oftentimes not even putting down in a stance, and it's a big, slow transition to the NFL. And the first and second year linemen, for the most part, struggle. It's like third, fourth year, these linemen start to really apply themselves. Now, we've seen exceptions, right? But Tampa had a rookie that did well last year at guard. But in general, look at the line play. And I think that's the main reason you see that. And let's be candid, quarterback play. Though I do think Haskins, as a second stringer, is obviously more talented than the typical second stringer. But we'll get to your pick. You've got a best bet on this game. About 648 or so uh, Eastern. And I'm going to have a bonus best bet, NFL related. When we come back, let's look at Team USA. They are one game away from the gold medal. What's the line? What's the handicap? We're going to break down when they got beat by France. Why did it happen? Is it going to happen again? He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and the heavens. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at Team USA basketball on their way to the gold medal game. I was thinking during the break, Jonas, 
you didn't even make the effort to say like I'm. You're just a weekend overnight. Like you've been saying that for three years. Yeah. And this time you didn't even have the oomph to like even go through. It was like you. It was very perfunctory. Like you were going through the motions. Like it's I mean, beneath me almost. Yeah. Yeah. You've risen to the point now yeah. that you can't even. You can't even act like it. Like you can't <laughs> even act like you haven't made it. No, I'm. I'm just a fill-in guy, and I do weekends. That's what. That's see. What I, I don't. Myself. Your heart's not yeah. in it. When I got knighted in France. Barishnikov picked me up light as a feather. I am ballet. <laughs> Jonas is ballet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now you wonder why this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. It's because of you and Jonas. You know, but he's more interested in those first three hours in the morning. But still, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 112 degrees. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, Team USA basketball is on their way to the gold medal game at the Olympics in Tokyo. They'll be taking on France after they get a 97-78 win over Australia. Let me pose the following theory. If Team USA hits the point spread in the gold medal game, exactly, well, I guess it's 12 and a half. So somewhere in that range, 12 or 13. Would this be the most impressive or easy gold medal we've had in how long? I'd have to think back, but it, it's. I mean, because we know Kobe. I mean, we know there was a couple, like that one, I think it was 08 when Kobe, and it was like they were tight with like four minutes left. And, you know, there was all this, you know. So it feels like, forget the pre Olympic stuff. And I say even forget losing a game, you know, like in the games that were knockout type games. I mean, it feels like this has been a coast. And especially considering they're all double digit spreads and they've either covered or pushed on all of them. So, yeah, it's it's hard to to say not, especially if you're not counting. You know the the pre knockout round games, the the loss to France. It, then yeah, it would be one of the one of the easier runs at least in a long time. Yeah, and I guess you got to count that. But but I mean, this was a team that came together late. I mean, Jonas, you follow all this stuff closely. I mean, I just remember in prior years that various NBA guys I would know were town extensively for Team USA stuff. It feels obviously the pandemic affected things, but it felt like the prep for this team by far the least we've had since the Dream Team. Yeah, especially when when you consider Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they just played in the finals and they had to turn around to Tokyo to compete in this. I I, I did find it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't the line 12 and a half like the last three games? Well, it is interesting because France uh, is considered to be significantly better than Australia. Team USA against Australia was minus 12, favored by 12. And they obviously covered that. They won by 19. But now against France, it's 12 and a half. So what we're seeing here is as Team USA covers impressive, as the competition gets better, the line's not going down because Team USA is getting upgraded significantly after each of these games. Do you wonder if there's maybe, I know you've talked about it before, to where sometimes, you know, they're not experts on everything. And sometimes, you know, the, the, the bookies will put a line out there that they don't really know what they're doing. Is this more of a, we're not quite sure about this, so let's just make it 12 and a half every single game and then just roll with the same line? No, see, they got power. They're going to have power rankings on it. 
and they're going to, you know, and they're going to take their best shot. Now, what bookies will do when they're uncertain, and I think the uncertainty here is higher than, let's say, the NBA Finals, right? Yeah. Because they don't know these uh, non-USA teams nearly as well. And you can speculate and say, well, you got Luka, you got this. But it's not a science. You know, it's art and science. But what they'll do, the bookies, is open up at low limits. Maybe they're taking, let's say, two dimes, 2000 Now, 2000 is a lot of money, but not for a big bookie. And then there's professionals that only bet 2000 a game. And I'll say only, meaning they want to bet that early line. Because the paradox is, if you're betting 100000 a game like the syndicates do, you don't want to bet that, even if it's a good number. You don't want to give away who you like. You got to wait. And those syndicates don't get to bet a lot of the games because the line will get moved by the smaller bettors. But again, smaller being 1,000 or 2,000. There's a lot of sharp basketball guys that are cracking that early number. But in general, if the bookies aren't sure of their number, they'll put it out there and let it get in the industry. We call it shaped up. The bettors will shape up this line, gotcha. right? And it's cheap. Sometimes it's cheaper. To put out a line that's a guess, let the betters shape it up, because what are they losing? Let's say there's a 10% ROI on those bets. So for one bet, it was a $200 cost of a $2,000 bet, let's say, theoretically for the bookie. Maybe they take three limit bets. So it costs them 600 bucks to get that line shaped up. Okay. How much would it cost to hire someone on staff to be able to get that line a little bit sharper? Sometimes they hire the people, like in the NFL, but in the more niche sports, and this isn't a niche sport, but the Olympics is niche, is they will not hire someone and let the better shape it up. AJ, as a better, how does that strike you? Well, it it strikes me that this line may have been shaped up some, too, based on last night's results. If we had a look-ahead line before the games got played last night, Mm -hmm. I I think most people agreed France was a better team than Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the U.S. thumping Australia... France winning by one point on a last-second block shot, maybe a line that would have been 9-10 is now 12-and-a-half. So I do think last night's results and maybe some money but, pushed yeah. it up here. Only only thing I question here is Slovenia in that game against France was a favored by 2-and-a-half. So if you're France and you're a 2-and-a-half-point underdog and you win the game, You've exceeded expectations, sure. right? So what I'm saying is, it looks like Slovenia would have been a little shorter line than France is, but you got to upgrade France for winning that game, right? right? I, but you'd also have to upgrade the U.S. Oh, big time. I mean, they 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 covered comfortably. Yeah, um, Spencer, can you check to see what the opener was in this game? Yes, I can. One moment. All right. So, because we'll see if if it was shorter and it got bet up or not. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. As we're looking that up, let's look at the first game against France in which France won. Why? Set the context for us, AJ. Yeah, 83-76. France win in the in the first game of the uh, of pool play. France won. So this was the one loss by Team. The one loss, and really Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert were were the driving force for France. Uh, Fournier 
Fournier, 11 of 22, 28 points. Rudy Gobert, 5 of 6 for 14. The thing that jumped out at me uh, from the box Gobert, score. Gobert, obviously a defensive guy. Right. But, but I, I mean, in, in international play, he's a, he's a problem on both ends because most teams don't carry a real big mm. to defend a guy like him. Uh, but for the USA, the, the three best players on Team USA, Dame Lillard, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, uh, 8 of 28 from the field in that game. Four combined. Of, 4 of 17 from three combined. And they accounted for six of the 12 turnovers for that team. So the guys that you'd expect to be playing the best were not playing the best, at least early on. Now we've seen... Devin Booker turn it on. We've seen Kevin Durant turn it on. We've seen Drew Holiday really come on and, and play a big role in the last few games defensively. So it, it looks like maybe it's a totally different Team USA. But in that first game, they did not get the best performances from their best players. So this was the first game of the entire Olympic yes. tournament. That's A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas, this concerns me if I'm a Team U- and I am a Team USA backer. Uh I want them to win the gold. I'm still mad about 72 and the Russians. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, a baby, but still. Is I love that we don't have, we didn't take the silver. I love it. I, that that'd be. It's funny. There's a couple questions you could ask someone to see, and it would tell you a lot about them. Is do you like that Team USA didn't take the silver in 72? It's in a vault, or do you think they should have taken it? AJ. I mean, not. I don't know everything about this You'd be story. Wa- if you you would be wearing the silver medal right now if it was if you won it in '72. No, that's not the case. That's not the case, certainly. So, what would you do? Uh, as someone who's, I've, you're I've, struggling with this. I one. am. I've done some coaching, and like when we've won second place trophies, I've said we don't we don't need to take. But these. but you're 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 missing the point though. It's not that they got second. It's that they got jobbed. Right. And they say we're not going to accept this. How about you, Jonas? No, I'm not taking it. Nah. It, it's like Roy Jones when he got screwed in the decision in the Olympics, I think in Seoul, Korea, where he got the, he, he they gave the nod to the other guy when Jones clearly won the fight. And I don't know if Jones ever accepted his silver medal. It's interesting. I actually did some reading on. Go ahead. I was, it's better to go home with no medal, though, in your mind. But, but, but here's the thing. By taking the medal, you're, you are saying you're endorsing the result. You're saying I accept this result. We were the second best. Even though you know you weren't, but it wasn't even about that. It was, I mean, they literally the Russians. And if you, listen, I've only read about it. You go back and, and and read about it. The seventy-two Olympics. It is one of the, there's an entire book about the last like three seconds of the game. I mean, it's insane. But there's a couple good articles out there if you just search on it. But it was literally they they got to run the play three times. The Russians did, and it was like one and a half seconds left. First time Horn. They say, uh-oh, something, they ran it again, horn went off. They said, give him one more try, and they, and they literally made it, and it's like, okay, game over. I mean, it was like, it literally was like that. And Team USA hadn't ever lost an Olympic basketball game at that point. It was like 59 straight or whatever. And it was the, it was the college kids at the time, obviously, in 72. It, wasn't Doug Collins on that team? Yeah. I want yeah, to say yeah. he was on that team, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Collins made two free throws. He's the guy that made two free throws late to go up one. And they, he got hit so hard, they said it was cra- – I mean, there's document. It's a great story. But here's the thing I found so fascinating when I was researching it like two weeks ago. I just kind of got into it. Is there was a guy – 
who was married at the time. This was like maybe that was on the team. And this was about 25 years after the game. So let's say mid-90s, a little later. And his wife at the time thought he should take the silver because it's sitting in a vault over there. And he said in an interview, you know, my wife thinks maybe I should take this. It ends up that they got divorced a couple years later and the guy ended up passing away. But in his will, he says that (laughs) not only... Am I not accepting it, obviously? But none of my heirs are allowed to accept it. And if they do, they have to give back all the money. So, like, it's funny. At one point, he's the one that might break. Cause, and, then, and then there was a divorce. And then, and it was a whole different story. So, Jonas, there might be a lesson in that. Yeah, no, I'm taking notes. That's, that's a good plan. <laughs> we are straight out of Vegas. The thing that concerns me, last thing on this game, Gobert, one of the reasons that Phoenix play or check that that Utah plays so well defensively in the regular season though in the playoffs this didn't work is Gobert has the ability to kind of control the middle in a way that lets the defense get up on the three-point shooters if you've got one guy that can defend the bucket all your other defenders are out there so the fact that Team USA shot poorly from outside we could say oh fluke it won't happen again but it strikes me and I didn't see that first game but it strikes me that Gobert on the team means the defense is probably out there in a way that's making it tougher to make threes and why wouldn't that repeat now I'm not saying exactly that badly but I think that you would expect a slightly below average shooting night from Team USA and if so Getting 12 and a half might seem juicy. Have you seen France play at all, uh, Jones? Not, not a lot. I saw a little bit of the Slovenia game, and, and I know it was Gobert's block, uh, or no, it was Batum's block, uh, who ended up uh, uh, saving the game for uh, for France. I haven't seen a whole a whole lot of them, but they do seem like they're a bigger team. Like they're uh, they've definitely got a size advantage, and that's been one of the conversations about Team USA basketball. There's no real bigs. They play really small, so I wonder how that's going to translate. And in the limited amount that you saw, was did it seem like that France was out there defending the outside shot more than you would expect? Um, no, but I, I think they probably look at it as this is our fail safe. You come in the paint, you're going to have a problem. And so maybe they, that leaves them a little bit more flexibility to be able not to play as, as I guess, as, as strong as defense on the perimeter as maybe a normal team would. Last last shot, AJ. But ironically, the guy who had the most success in that first game against France was Bam Adebayo, a guy who would have been down low. Five of eight shooting, ten rebounds. So he actually did have a good game, and and maybe that was at the cost of – the rest of the team struggling yeah. to shoot. See, see, in a weird way, it's like think about like uh, Revis, a cornerback, or Dion back in the day, is if you're saying you're going to put Dion or Revis on the best receiver on the other side – it, it, they, that guy might catch a few. Like you get the best receiver, even the best cornerback's going to give up a few catches. But now you got the rest of the. De- so in a way, it's I think that Gobert, at least for Utah, it's not that he wants to be an eraser and, and never ever give up anything because that means you're not taking advantage of him as much. Why not have him be a good defender underneath, but release others to do so much more on the perimeter? I don't know. But and again, five for eight. It could have been two buckets late. You know, I don't know. I just know this. If it feels like Team USA might be a little pricey at 12 and a half, 
and you've got the one team that beat them, it could just be a fluke that they beat them, or it could be a matchup advantage. But if it's a matchup advantage for France, 12 and a half is too much. If it was a fluke, 12 and a half is probably right. So I don't know what the split is, but let's say half the time it was a fluke. Okay, those half the times you're going to be 50 50 to win your bet. But the half the time that it was France's matchup advantage, you've got a great bet at 12 and a half. So when's this game go? Seven o'clock tonight, I believe, our time. Ooh. Did we get that um, opening line? It appeared to be minus 12 and a half. Okay, so no movement. All right. I may have a pick on this game, too. I don't know. what It's going to be a blockbuster last segment. First, be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Real quick, Jonas, does this seem like Tom Brady, the white quarterback, calling a majority black league ignorant? I mean... It just strikes me he's walking. I mean, I'm not saying that. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like, man. And then he's at the White House talking about a stolen election. I mean, it feels like he's got his oats, man. I mean, (laughs) and what I don't understand is they signed a 10-year deal. So, like, what's the players? I mean, like, the cap is what it is. Like, what are they supposed to do? Yeah, if you didn't like it, why'd you agree to it? Yeah. It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And once it's over, what are you going to do now? It's 10 years from now. I mean, who knows? You might be doing six hours in the day part (laughs) in 10 years. Who knows? (laughs) All right. When we come back, we know AJ has the best bet on the Hall of Fame game. We know I have at least one best bet. There might actually be a third. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. All right. We're starting in the Hall of Fame game, and we got a best bet from A.J. Hoffman. Yeah, I'm going to go with the first half. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers minus a half point. All right, so first half, Pittsburgh Steelers minus a half. Spencer, get the updated line on that. A.J. seems like the tight. We'll try to get a stale line through there. Go ahead. Okay, will do. But it's going to be on basically quarterback play. Mason Rudolph, who's got some experience, is is not a, a disaster of a backup versus the Cowboys' depth chart after after uh, Dak is not pretty. Oh, so Dak not playing tonight. Right. So who's the first quarterback? Garrett Gilbert will be first out the gate, then Ben DiNucci and Cooper uh, Rush. Oh, oh, I don't want to correct you. I think it's Dominic DiNucci. I think it's Ben DiNucci. Okay, okay. Uh, but that's going to be the first half quarterback play for the Cowboys. All right, so here's the, question, here's the question I've always got. This seems mighty obvious. So... Why would the lines minus? Uh, what is our updated line, Spencer? The first half is uh, Pitts, or the Steelers minus point uh, five. Well, I guess I said. Wow, that was painful. It's almost it? like a half. <laughs> <laughs> you can always tell if someone's a gambler first. They never say point five, but like you, it's a, it's an interesting tell. Yes, Pittsburgh minus a half. Or we could have said 
AJ's lines are correct. And but the know, question is, why is it so such an obvious bet here? Well, and another thing, the, well, the Cowboys won't be playing. You didn't answer my first question. Well, I don't know why it's such an obvious. But line. what I'm saying it. doesn't that worry you? If something's too odd, if it's, if it's too e like Jonas, if you look at this game and you think Steelers got better quarterback play in the first half, clearly maybe first half's a good bet. Doesn't that make sense to you? Yeah, just from you have more faith in those guys because we've seen higher ceilings out of the guys that are going to be on the Pittsburgh side as opposed to Dallas. Yeah, more experience. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Now, people might say, but RJ, why would it be minus a half in the first half and minus two and a half for the game? Shouldn't it be about half? And if anything, more in the first half. This is a pro tip. A half a point means a ton in the smaller sections of the game because a tie loses if you're laying a half. A game really can't, well, it very rarely will end in a tie. So having plus a half is almost meaningless for a game. Plus a half for the half, or some would say 0.5 for the half, is huge. So you're laying the lumber here. You need to be winning at halftime. I am. And there's only 31 and a half points expected. Because I looked at the just the, the straight up win at halftime, and it, it would have cost me 15 cents to get that half point taken off. So well, it only would have cost you. So you would have laid minus one twenty five at even? Uh, minus minus one twenty six, I think, even. Ooh, I like that better. So here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna save you here. Okay. We're gonna go at even, lay the the quarter. If you bet this and you have that option, you certainly want to do that. That half is worth 15 cents, no doubt. Where, what's the cap on that half? How much is it worth? Uh, you know, halftime, I don't have a member. I mean, like, I'm just saying it's 15. Is It feels cheap to me. I don't like this bet, though. So, I'm not... I, Are you pressing the button? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Where is that button? But we got to do it at minus a half. Well, you just... Well, that's how you gave the pick. Okay. I saved you. All right. We here, here we go. <laughs> All right, so it's a hundred bucks. It's right. an auto bet. I like it. You're laying minus a half. No vig for us. Wow, you got a bad play there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> because I don't think you realize when it's thirty-one and a half, that tie game's going to happen a lot. Well, with the no vig, certainly I've got I've got a bad. Uh... Well, the no vigs, meaning that you don't have to lay one ten. I don't have to lay one ten. None of us are the boy. I don't listen. I don't know if you've heard. But no vig at, at even sure would have been nice. It's... Well, but no, it, we would have just moved to ten cents. It would have been okay. minus one fifteen. Okay. So we listen. You might like bookies. Cockroaches. Cockroaches. Yeah. I want no part of it. Okay, so AJ has his best bet. I said, nah, you decide. But here's a best bet for you. No debate. And you can press the button on this if you feel froggy. I'm taking France. Now, listen, if this was a war, I wouldn't take France. But let me tell you something. I'm getting 12 and a half, and I don't think it was a fluke. And I'll tell you one more thing. You know, the first game. Meaning, I don't think Team USA is going to lose, but I think it was a competitive game for a reason. NBA players, Gobert especially, in that defense. But one more thing. A lot of wise guys were betting against Team USA. Like Slovenia, 25-1. to Australia. Most of them, now, except for the France betters, have lost their money. Their appetites to bet against Team USA now may be a little depressed. But you know what? All of the Barney at the bar type dudes, you know what they've been doing? They've been winning every time they bet on Team USA. Uh. So Barney and that crowd, it's like they're happy. 
Give me more Team USA. Right now, there's a premium on them. We'll take Best Bet France plus 12 and a half. I won't say take it to the bank, the bank, but I like it. Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, if you missed any of today's show, including multiple best bets, including the Hall of Fame game coming up later on tonight, check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We're back tomorrow, 6 Eastern time, right here on FS. Straight out of Vegas!